I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I help to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about cyber threats inside your IT systems and network. We're chatting about how to find a threat, what to do once that threat is detected, and how to make sure that that threat is gone. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to get rid of cyber threats in your business. I'm joined by Stephen Crano, Chief Technology Officer for Snow Technologies. Uh, Stephen, welcome. Thank you, Yaku. Thank you for having me. So we always start the show by just uh, giving us a little bit of a background of how did you end up where you are right now? No, thanks. I think uh, from my side, so I studied computer engineering initially, got into software engineering and then had some experience within telecommunications and from there moved into the world of cyber just because it's such a like prevalent topic at the moment and there's just so much to do with within that space. So I think current role at Snow Technologies is heading up the engineering department. So we've built a technology in order to assist ourselves and our customers to find cyber threats within their network. And how many years in the industry now? So I've been in the industry for about 10 years now. Okay. All right. Okay. So that's in, 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 uh, in IT, we count like in dog years. So yeah, no, no, it's been like you've been, in, you've been working for 70. Um, when you, uh, first question. So when you, when you decided to go and study the computer engineering, what did you, what was your vision? What did you think? Ah, uh, I wasn't sure. I think I was always just wanted to get into the engineering space at IT at school and loved the problem solving component of that. And always been close to computers. So I think it was just a natural progression for me to go into that space. And now that you've had 70 dog IT years, uh, is it everything you imagined and more? Uh, it's a lot more. It's a lot more. Way too much. Way too much. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, like you say, the world of cyber security, for me, it, uh, it almost seems overwhelming at times because, um, I think there's just so much going on and, and, to me, it feels like the the good guys are, are always playing catch up. But anyway, we'll talk about that now. So let's jump straight into it. So um, we've, like I said to you when we spoke about this, I've had a lot of discussions on the show specifically around how to prevent uh, attacks and all that yeah. type of stuff. But as as you and I spoke about yesterday, we know that the the, the bad guys get in. So. How would a business go about detecting that threat um, in their IT systems or or networks? I think it, it depends on the business. It depends on their maturity and the amount of preparation that they did prior to this event taking place. I think for an immature company, let's say a small SME that hasn't invested enough into their cyberspace, it might mean that some accounts you can't log into that you could log into yesterday. Some people got locked out. It might mean that your IT systems are just a little bit slow and you're not sure. You can't put your finger on, but just something is off. Um, so looking out for those kinds of things within small businesses, I think, is key. Uh, for more mature companies, bigger enterprises that are running like log monitoring systems, uh, they'll have early detection tools in order to aid them. Stuff like EDR uh, mail protection and network monitoring tools that what's will assist it, EDR. Them. I don't know what. So an EDR is endpoint protection. It's like antivirus, uh, but just the next generation of antivirus. So okay. instead of running a scan on a daily or a weekly basis, as soon as a threat is detected on a device, it'll actually block that threat. Theoretically. Theoretically. <laughs> yes. Um, so if I'm now in this SME space, we, we, we at Catalytic spend most of our time. Um, do, 
uh, let me maybe ask a question in a in a different way. Mm-hmm. How often do you find that that threats exist in a in a customer's uh, IT systems for a long period of time? Because we've we've had discussions with guys that said, you know, it can take for for a ransomware event to take place. They they could have sat in your network for six months or eight months mm. or, or whatever. I think that that's very common. It really depends on what the attacker's end goal is and also what they're seeing on your network. So when an attacker compromises your network, what they would generally do is do some reconnaissance, try to figure out who are the key people within the business, what are the key systems on the business, and how can they then monetize this breach. So what they will do in that case is either sell access to your network and then either look at ransomware. Uh, if they don't see that there's any systems that they can really compromise or monetize the, the compromise, they would maybe look at doing a social engineering attack on the business because they'll have access to people's emails. So they might see, okay, this finance person uh, is doing payments at the end of the month and the CEO of the business is this person and they normally sign off. So they can then socially construct an email in order to make a payment to some account that might never have happened before or that no services was rendered to. So that's normally what they would kind of look at. But there's many different ways that they could look at monetizing this. But, and so, so basically, and, and that was sort of almost the point I was driving at is mostly uh, uh, if you, if you haven't gone through an exercise to establish what's happening in your, in your network, the, the likelihood of, of some sort of threat sitting there already that you just don't know about. It's uh, highly is, is very high. Mm. I think the, the key is that SMEs, they don't practice just the basics. They don't have a proper password policy in place. And I know people normally hammer on this point and people think it's stupid. But if you've got a proper password policy, if you've got two-factor authentication, you are harder to compromise than the person next to you. So they would look, oh, no, I can't get into this network, and they'd rather compromise somebody somebody else. So just doing the basics. And if you don't have that in place, if you don't at least have a check maybe monthly on Who's logging into my systems? Is there logins from a different country that Ooh, I don't no. engage with? Then it's easy to pick these things up, but people don't normally have any visibility on, on that. Um, and uh, so, so if we had to take this SME now, um, and, uh, how, how would you go about, let, let's say it's the first time you're chat, uh, chatting to them. How would you go about, um, identifying, identifying if there are any threats that's sitting on their network? I think the initial one would just ask them, do they have policies in place? Do they do general checks in order to to pick up if there's any threats? If they don't have any of these things in place, the chances of them already being compromised is quite high. So what we'll do then is we'd ask to perform maybe a gap analysis, look at getting their logs ingested into our platform, maybe deploy a sensor on the network that just gives us some visibility of where is their traffic going and what is actually happening on, on the specific network. Okay. And you, you touched on the point of logs now. That's very interesting. So, so mm. where do those logs come from? So those logs would be coming from maybe your router or your firewall or just your network equipment, maybe your, your um, email system. So what these logs will entail is just a log entry. Every time I make a connection to Google, there would be an entry saying this IP connected to Google, or it would mean that me as Stefan has logged in from this IP into the system at this time of day. And every time I log in, I log out, there should be a log entry that, that just says what has actually transpired uh, for, for this time period. And then if you now start looking at those logs, um, how long does it normally take for, for a threat to be identified? 
again, I think it depends. If you're looking at the raw logs by hand, it could take quite a while. It depends on the amount of logs uh, within our customers, depending on the size of the customer. There could be a few billion records of network traffic for these logs. So for this, you need a system to go through those logs. If you're looking at a small SME that's maybe 10 or 25 people, um, might take a day, might, it really, it honestly, it, it depends very much on the amount of logs there is and also how, um, noisy the attackers would be. Some attackers, if they're dwelling in the network for very long, they might only log in once a week, once a month. And to find that one, the needle in the haystack is, is difficult if you don't have tools to, in order to identify that. And then tell me, um, Stephen, so if you look at, uh, um, the sort of hybrid, uh, IT space where companies find themselves. I mean, most, most companies, the email sits somewhere in the cloud, mostly with Microsoft or Google, mm. and then they have some on, on-site systems. Um, do you look then across that entire IT real estate, if I, if I call it that? Yeah, I think you, you'll have to look across the entire IT real estate. I think for, for SMEs, it's general, it's generally quite good if they don't manage their emails and their stuff themselves because they don't necessarily have a, a professional or a person that has lots of experience or knowledge in managing the system. It might have been deployed and it's just been running for two years and nobody is touching that. So, but yeah, back to your question is that you want to like look at the whole space, but I think it's also key to look at what is the critical points within this business. If it's maybe a, a lawyer firm that they don't really have big internal systems, but most of their work happens over email, then that is a place that you would really want to monitor. But if it's a business that has maybe an R&D department, a few guys doing some engineering work, um, and then they've got a server that all of their IP sits on, then you would really want to have a look at that system specifically. So you really need to understand the business in order to kind of tailor your what you're looking for to, to them. That- that's very interesting. We, we're going to unpack that a little bit later as well. So once you detect that threat, what do you do next then? So, and, and, um, you know, I, uh, you actually pointed out to, uh, about it now, uh, in the SME space, there's, there's very rarely, uh, in-house IT responsible, uh, person, you know, normally for some other reason falls to finance because probably they just have to hold the purse strings. But they would then make use of this external IT. Yes. We always talk about the IT guy. <laughs> um, and who's typically a generalist. So, so that guy has to do a little bit of stuff on the server, a little bit of stuff on the PCs. He's like a little bit all over the place and then he's going to have multiple customers. Mm. Um, so let's say you, d- you detect this, this problem now. How do you, uh, do you go into panic stations mm. and, Unplug everything from the internet. I think, I think the key is just having a plan. Like in case this happens and also having a person or people to contact in case something happens. I think a lot of the times the worst thing is to panic. Uh, if you have a plan and you know that, okay, let me phone maybe this company and they can at least advise us or assist us in, in getting this resolved in an orderly manner, you might actually do more damage by unplugging the internet ah. than you, you would just do because that service that you're affecting might cost you more. Maybe it's just a small incident that's not really material. So I think it needs to be analyzed in, in that manner. Um, if, if you take now across your, your customer base, thinking of maybe some of the smaller guys, I know you guys typically deal with large enterprise. Um, what, what experiences have, have, have you had in terms of when things happen? What, what are some of those worst mistakes that you've seen? 
I think the the biggest one is just not acting or not thinking that anything is wrong. Like when when one of the directors' email account gets locked continuously. Like why why is that email account getting locked? And then after a month, they they get a finance person that transferred money to to some random account, and nobody knows how that got got out. And it only they only realized it a month later. I think that's okay. that's a big one, and just not looking out for for those those key mistakes. Um, I think from, from the SME space, what they would really benefit with is when they speak to their IT service provider and lean on them to see if they have any security tools, maybe a specialist security service that they offer. But I'd almost say that they should maybe try and get a third party, just somebody else to just like advise them, view. just an objective view on their internal infrastructure. Okay. Um, it doesn't need to cost, it doesn't need to be a permanent resource. It could be literally an hour or two a month where that person will just come in and look at the basics. Just check your basics out first. And then as you see that you're maturing, they will also guide you in the most cost-effective manner in order to um, harden your like cyber posture. And when you're talking about having this plan in place, are you talking about almost like, have a, like having a, a, a written-out plan? Mm, I think for our bigger enterprises do it, and it's not a complicated thing, is you have an incident response plan. That incident response plan basically dictates – who do we phone? Uh, who are the people that we call? A lot of the times when something like that happens, let's say a person finds ransomware on their laptop. They don't know who the IT person even is. If they can't get a hold of the director that has the contact at the IT company, nobody can assist them at this moment. So I think just having that plan and having everybody familiar with, if I see this, this is the phone call that I'll make. And also just a few basic things, maybe just unplug yourself. So a lot of user awareness training. In, in that sense. Um, it's, it's the small things that really go a long way in, in the space. Yeah. And, and you and I were chatting about it now. Um, I, I take it, I see it, uh, in, in our customer base when things happen. If there's 10 people in the business, 10 people will react. You'll get 20 different mm. reactions. You know, people run into all different directions instead of just going, okay, right. Let's, let's just assess where we're at. And, yes. in, and in, you know, like you say, having that, that checklist mm. that you can just follow calmly. And, and, uh, you know, coherently. Yes. And I think the, the big thing is that maybe somebody does find something on a laptop or on, on one of their systems. And what then will happen is the initial reaction is turn it off. Let's clean the system completely and let's just go on with our lives. What that then does is that you're actually deleting evidence. So now when we're coming back, we don't, we can't ascertain whether is this the only device in the network that might have gotten compromised. Wow. As it's spread further, maybe you'll just have the same incident in one month's time because there's files lying dormant on some other device. So it's really important to almost just have a an IT person or somebody with some forensic skills to go and look at, okay, this is how they got in. Maybe it was just a phishing email and it's only on this device. But most of the times when it's on one device, it's probably spread across the network already. That's actually leading into my next question. Is because um, I know in my nature now, if I if if uh, I now get told, listen, there's this problem on our network, this threat. Um, I'm gonna go okay, right. Number one, how do we make it go away, and what assurance can you give me that it's now we know that the entire network is has been cleaned? Because I mean, I'm sure people are paranoid once once it comes to light. And I think the that's probably the worst part of, of an incident. I think when you're looking at something like the NIST, it's a cybersecurity framework that just gives you some advice on what you need to do in order to protect yourself. So in terms of an incident, the, the steps that they normally dictate is firstly preparation, which a lot of 
companies do not do. Then they're looking at first then detecting and analyzing the threat. So that is the phase that we just spoke about. You must always have a bit of patience now during this process. You need a bit of patience, but you also need to contain as quickly as possible in order to stop the threat. And the only way of doing that is looking at how far have we spread. And if we haven't completely like gotten the scope of the breach, it's almost impossible to say whether we've remediated and recovered fully. From this point of view. So taking one laptop and sitting in a light doesn't fix the problem. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. We're (laughs) not sure yet. But I think the key is after the fact, you'll probably want, like I spoke earlier about the logs, you probably want to keep monitoring and just keep checking in to see if anything is, is happening on the network that's still out of the norm. So what we would see is that if an attacker is in the network, they will normally be controlling it from some other country or some other device. Uh, and we'll be monitoring for uh, connections into the network that just shouldn't exist there or maybe logins that if if the person says that they only work from 8 to 5 and now be getting continuous logins on a system at 12 o'clock at night or 2 a.m. in the morning. Um, we'll keep monitoring that. And I think normally it's we keep monitoring on a high alert for about two weeks and then after a month we'll say, okay, we are quite comfortable now that there's no more threats in the network but we know what we're dealing with and we just keep looking at those logs. And on that note, is it common for, uh, let's say once the threat is detected and we've now gone and set that laptop alight and we think, oh, we can relax. Uh, I assume it's common for, for that threat actor to come, to keep on trying to come back. Yes. If you haven't, then if you haven't done your, your steps in terms of analyzing what actually transpired, how are you going to plug the hole that they, breached first. So what you want to do is some post-remedial action. So having a look at how did this transpire? Um, do I have potentially an unpatched router on the internet? And then people can just basically walk in the front door and they can, again, compromise your network. Have we reset all of our users' passwords because the breach might have happened just by user password reset? Um, are we checking our emails if there's no phishing mails that's there that maybe somebody clicked? So you really want to go and just take a few steps back and see what should we do to just harden ourselves in order to ensure that this won't happen again. Can I, on that note, you actually made me think of something now because um, we, t- we tend to see that sometimes you get, you get um, uh, vendors that do some form of analysis of, of something with the aim of, of selling a piece of hardware as an example. But the way that you're talking about this now is you've got to understand the entire landscape. Um, so, so, um, how prevalent would you say is this misnomer that this specific brand of firewall can magically fix all of our problems? I'm not a very big proponent of just throwing technology at the problem. I think a you can even just go and take a general open source technology and if you implement it correctly, it will serve your purpose. Um, I think it mainly comes down to the implementation at the end of the day. Everybody's trying to sell something Um if somebody comes and tells you that this is your silver bullet for all your cyber needs, they probably lying to you. I think it's, it's very important to know that if you don't implement that correctly and you don't, if you don't understand what the technology actually does or this piece of hardware actually does, then it's not going to serve your needs. You can buy the best firewall. If it doesn't get patches and updates continuously, it just won't serve your, serve your purpose. And, and I'm, I think for me, that's, uh, you know, it's such a recurring theme on the, on this, um, show that we have is 
specifically in that SME space where, where there's no in-house IT focused IT skills and all that type of stuff. You, you have to have somebody that you, that you trust mm. to sort of take care of those things. But, um, and, and I think for me, uh, you, you know, I just had this discussion, uh, now previously, uh, or beforehand, uh, in a sense that, um, you know, if you're a, a, a generalist or even a specialist in a certain area, you can't be a specialist across, across the board. So it does make sense to, to get that, um, expert adv- advice and, and services in. Yeah, I think it's, it's key. It's, it's very difficult. I think in, for an, a small business, they rely heavily and they trust their IT service provider. And most of the times the IT service providers do an excellent job, but they trust them blindly. There's no way of them actually going back and checking whether what the IT service provider or the person has told them is the truth or not. So they very heavily rely on that. I think it's also good if you're going for a doctor's opinion, You sometimes you want a second opinion. Yeah. So it's it's the same year. Maybe you want just a second opinion on maybe just check is my IT service provider doing opinion. what they're doing yeah. and then we can confirm and we can just get comfort. I think especially from a board or a director level where the people, they they need to focus on their business. They, they shouldn't worry about IT and cyber because they've got enough worries just keeping their business going and ensuring that they're delivering the value so that they can get the money in. Um, outsourcing that I think is is key in order to have that expertise. And at the end of the day, the money that you spend on that might be, well, three, four, five times less than the money that you would lose in case of a breach. Ah, that was the, the other conversation that we had is what is the value of the, of the proactive cyber work that you do? And, uh, and the answer to that is, is, uh, have your first breach and then you'll know how much. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's always funny how budgets become available. When a breach All of a sudden, happens. yeah. Uh, most of the times what we see is that after a breach, a company has probably matured what they would have achieved in a year or two. They've achieved in one week or two weeks just because a uh, process goes out of the window. Change control goes out of the window. Um, budget becomes available. We can all of a sudden deploy endpoint protection on these devices. We can now harden firewalls. We can lock down so that nobody from any other country except South Africa might log into this VPN, for example. All of these things where people were always scared to say, no, but this person travels once a year. We can't lock it down to the world. We actually maybe just lock it down. And when they travel, let's open it up for them only. Yeah. Um, so small, again, small steps. But look, what we're seeing in, in the market is very much that people are becoming more and more aware and almost saying, okay, let's block first. And then we ask questions later. So you almost want to go and lock down and then open up the holes where in the past you would have, kept it open and then we're closing holes okay so this is a lot more secure by by doing it that way okay so we always uh, sort of end the show by making it real um and if i'm now the the owner of a sme business and i and i listen to the show and i have this this it guy and i, I i'm going to use your your medical analogy my it guy is my gp i'm not going to go to my gp to get open heart surgery and I've now listened to this and my heart doesn't feel that, that great after I'm, I'm quite scared now. Where do I start? What do I do? I think from, from our side. So we do run a, a service business as well. It's not just technology and we 
perform gap analysis. We, we do give advice. We send out a weekly newsletter for the latest threats that you can, you can monitor. So from snow technology side, you can always call us or email us in order to get in touch and maybe just have an independent assessment. So when you start with that, that's gap analysis and then, and then ongoing monitoring. I think it depends on what the customer needs and also what we see within the gap analysis. Okay. Um, we can then advise from there. I don't want to go and give you everything, but we're actually not solving your problem. Okay. If you don't have a big company network, if everything is in the cloud, there's no point of doing network monitoring on site. Yes. So I'd rather than just check your email logs. If you are five people, it's not going to help you as the Maybe one person in the company can just be assigned to once a week, go and log in and see, okay, this is everybody logged in from South Africa. We good. Uh, why did this person log in at 2 a.m.? Let's ask them. I think it's, it's those basics, but we can really advise you on what's the best steps to take. In so gap analysis, that's the place to start. I think just starting, just start somewhere. Yes. I think a lot of people also, they make it out a lot bigger than it is. I think it's very much that old saying like, Let's eat this elephant just piece by piece. Let's start somewhere. And then the budget is also not that big a problem because we're not starting with a hundred thousand rand a month. We're starting with two thousand, three thousand, four thousand rand a month. And it's very much an insurance policy in, into the future for you. Um, and, and I think, so I think for me, the takeaway gap analysis, understand what your environment looks like. And then you have to have a plan. I think yeah, those are it, the, that's the minimum you can do. Part of that gap analysis will put that plan in place for you. And if we see that we've got logging, or we should be monitoring your network continuously, we'll advise on the best way to do that. Okay, excellent. Stefan, thank you very much. So we'll obviously put out all of the details, and, and I think especially maybe now where we are in uh, in the, at this time of year, um, I was actually having a conversation uh, last week about it's probably now the most dangerous time of the year because everybody is relaxed and going into holiday mode, and it's probably the time to be vigilant. No, for sure, for sure. Stefan, thank you very much. Thank you, Yaku. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions in your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And uh, if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please visit catalytic.co.za.